Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So we have a great privilege this morning. We have some missionary couple with us, and these are our missionaries. We support these guys every month, and Tanner and Courtney... And um, they got a, a young feller. He's back in the back. But um, they're uh, missionaries to, with Chi Alpha College Ministry to Shadron State College. And they've been there 10 years. I was going to say eight. So, yeah, it's even longer, 10 years now. And, uh, man, God has just really placed them where he wants them. It's a unique situation being up. <laughs> I didn't say in the middle of nowhere because it's not the middle of nowhere. But it's way, way up north. And off I-80, so, you know, people think Nebraska is just I-80, but they're up there. And they've got incredible college ministry going on. They've also got an international college ministry going on. They have international students they take in and, and show the Western hospitality. So God has really placed them in an incredible place, and they've been super faithful. So uh, would you give a big Calvary welcome this morning to Tanner and Courtney Sherlock? you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you pretty much said the, the introduction. We do college ministry, and that can look a lot of different in a lot of different ways. And so uh, one of the ways in which I like to uh, just kind of get started is uh, I feel like the best way you can get to know what we do is through telling some stories. And so um, I invited my wife up to, to share a story of um, student that she has discipled because we both do this full time. And so, uh, we're both in the process of making disciples. So I want to give her a chance to share about, oh man, uh, <laughs> I mean, lowering it down to just one though. Uh, no, uh, you know, as, as Rex mentioned that, uh, we have, um, as well as just ministering to college students, a part of that ministry, a big part of that ministry is our ministry to international students. Um, and, uh, you know, we typically have, have about 30 to 50, sometimes upwards to 100 international students from all over the world that um, come to Shadron State College, you know, to study for different reasons. Uh, one of those girls that I'm currently getting to know really well and discipling, she's actually um, majoring in, in biochemistry, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, I just picked her up uh, the other night for an event to come and bring her to our house, and she was in the, in the science building. And uh, she came out, and she was like, I'm sorry, I took so long. I was just in the middle of something, and I, you know, had to, had to take some time and finish it up. And I'm like, no, that's th- th- no problem whatsoever. Like, you know, I had a few quiet minutes in the car <laughs> and then was able to pick her up. And, uh, she, and I was like, so, so what were you doing? And she uh, went on to try and explain it in the most basic terms that she could, and I still couldn't follow. But she, <laughs> she was actually doing... Uh, doing experiments on different medicines on cancer cells. And so, like, you know, she just was spending, I think it was like seven hours that day in the lab and then, you know, took a break and came over to our house and had some food and kind of hung out. And 
um, that's just one of the international students that I have a pr the privilege of working with. Um, she's, she's from Benin in Africa, and uh, we, we see a lot of students from Africa. Uh, I, I, I get the chance to, uh, because a lot of them don't have driver's license, I, I, have, uh, <laughs> I have had the opportunity to, to teach a few of those international students how to drive so they could get their driver's license while they're here. <laughs> that's fun. Um, it's like having teenagers before we have teenagers. It's great. <laughs> but um, I also get the opportunity, opportunity to drive them to the airport when they need it, um, to you know, take them on grocery trips. And those are just some of my favorite moments in the ministry in ministry just being able because you know you know you bring one international student three more like hey i need a grocery trip too and then soon enough i have a, a car full of students you know most of whom i've never met before taking them to to grocery shop and i get the opportunity to connect with them that way and it's it's just great and our american students are great too we have a students who are going into social work, into, like I said, medical research, uh, sports medicine. Um, we just had one student who graduated and she's going into Christian counseling. Um, just like, just such a diverse group of young women who are just like, just the, the power that they have for the kingdom is just like, the, the potential and the power that they have for the kingdom is just amazing. And just being able to minister to them and uh, in as random of a, uh, uh, of actions is taking to them to the grocery store, just taking them out for a cup of coffee. It's just really a privilege to to serve with them and serve them. So, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Give it up for my wife. She's awesome. Uh, now that we have Bennett, which you can, if you go back to the previous slide, our son Bennett, now that we have him, um, we processing being parents as well as being missionaries and uh it's a lot of fun and i am so proud of my wife uh, the way that she juggles um being mom and making disciples um and so just absolutely love uh, getting to hear her passion for students as well because her passion is different than my passion for students and we come together and we both do chi alpha and so um i want to keep the stories going today um but I want to share a little bit about Chi Alpha first. Uh, if you don't know what Chi Alpha is, uh, Chi Alpha is Greek letters. It stands for Christos Apostoloi, which is Christ sent ones. And so uh, Chi Alpha is the Assemblies of God's um, arm to the secular college. We are missionaries. So Chi Alpha missionaries, we're missionaries uh, the same way you send missionaries overseas. My wife and I are sent to the Shattern State College. And so we share the gospel to college students for a living. That's what we do. Um, our college campuses, a lot of the questions I get whenever, whenever I get uh, an opportunity to ask questions, or people get an opportunity to ask me questions, a lot of questions they ask is, you know, what does the college look like today? How is it changing? And, and uh, I think that's part of the, the biggest challenge of our job is that currently the college climate uh, changes every few years. The students we have for right now, uh, especially because of, you know, COVID, it changed so dramatically because we were getting students who were in high school, and then now this next year we'll get students who were not in high school during that time. And so the climate of the college changes dramatically. And so part of our job is just keeping up with the college students and international students. And, um, and so um, to kind of just share a little bit, the, the college campus, you know, right now, man, it is, it is a difficult place to share the gospel um, just because of the climate of our country. Um, but as difficult as that is, some of the stories and some of the, the ways in which God is moving is 
even more powerful than it used to be when it was easier to share the gospel on the college campus. And so in spite of, you know, and, and sometimes we worry about the direction of our country, and I, I think rather than spending too much time worrying and fretting about the direction of our country, we should focus on what God is doing in spite of that. Um, because our job is to, to be, you know, to be hands and feet on the college campus. And so we get to see some really cool stories. And so that's kind of what I want to share with you. And part, kind of the heart of what we do is the, the individuals within the ministry. And so I want to share with you guys about a student named Jack. Uh, I first met Jack during Welcome Week. Welcome Week is the most important week of the school year for us. It's the very first week of the school year. And 90% of the students we meet and they get involved in our ministry, um, we either met during Welcome Week or they are friends with somebody we met during Welcome Week. And so we met Jack during Welcome Week, but Jack didn't come to Chi Alpha until November. We still met him during Welcome Week. And so we meet all of these students during Welcome Week, and we spend the next two months, uh, I spend the next two months, uh, pestering them and hounding them and trying to get them to come to uh, Chi Alpha, trying to get to, them to come to a one-on-one, go out and eat some tacos with me, something like that, to just get them in the door. And so Jack was one of these students who didn't really get involved in Chi Alpha right off the bat. And so um, I want to explain what Jack looked like at the time. So Jack is a heavyweight wrestler for the college, and uh, he had a just blonde, just white blonde hair, mullet, down to his lower shoulder with a handlebar mustache, okay? So now Jack's personality... So think about what I explained about Jack, uh, college wrestler, heavyweight, mullet, mustache. And now be as stereotypical as you can with his personality, and that is exactly who Jack is. He was the stereotype that went with the appearance. And so um, we first met Jack during Welcome Week, and and his personality uh, is loud. And uh, I kept trying to get Jack to come to Chi Alpha, come to something, men's group something, Eventually, he let me take him out for some tacos. And so we went and we ate lunch, and I got to know him a little bit, and then he still was just dragging his feet, didn't really want to get involved in Chi Alpha. And, and uh, one night, I, was, I, I spend uh, a lot of late nights with students, and one night, it was past midnight, and I was just sitting and I was praying a little bit before I went to bed, and I just felt like I needed to, to send Jack a text. And so I was like, hey, dude, like, we've got Chi Alpha tomorrow night at our service. Uh, it's kind of like a church service on Tuesday nights on campus. I was like, dude, you need to get plugged in, like, seriously. And he texted back, he's like, all right, I'll be there tomorrow. And I was like, man, I've been, like, hounding this kid for months, and it was that easy? Like, I just need to text him at midnight? And so uh, he tells me he's, he's good, he'll come. Well, that next week, or that next day, later that day, I guess, um, we have this event once a semester. It's called Bring a Friend Night. And kind of the idea is it's an opportunity for students to bring their friends who are not saved. And everything about the service is geared towards non-Christians. And it's, you know, we don't assume anything. Everything is explained in a lot of detail. um, Just to to try to encourage our students to invite their friends to come to service. And so that particular night, we had 15 people who gave their life to Christ, made 15 decisions for Christ, and Jack was one of them. And so Jack gave his life to Christ that night, and then um, he went on to our spring retreat, and he would get baptized in water, and he asked me if he could share his testimony at Chi Alpha. Uh, Part of the process when a student is going to speak at Chi Alpha, I go through the process. They have to take a couple months and meet with me one-on-one in order to go over what they want to share, how to to best... uh, uh, communicate the thing that they want to share, and so that I can also go through what they're going to say so that I make sure I can uh, keep a close eye on that. And so 
Knowing Jack's personality, I wanted to go over everything he was going to say because I was like 90% sure he was going to cuss when he got water baptized. And uh, I think Kenny actually met him at the spring retreat. He was walking around the campgrounds blasting honky-tonk badonkadonk the entire time. Like, that's this kid's personality. So I'm like, all right, I got to be very careful with what he's going to say. And so it was during these one-on-one meetings, and, and he absolutely floored me because his personality, like I said, his, his very loud personality, and, and you, will, you can assume a lot of things about who he is based off of his personality. He absolutely floored me, and he was telling me uh, during these one-on-one meetings about his, his testimony that uh, the night that I texted him, he had actually tried to take his life and failed. And so I had texted him after he had failed at taking his own life. And so he was planning on, he already planned out how he was going to do it better the next time. And he decided, you know what, I'll give God a chance. And so he did, and he got saved. And now Jack is dragging his wrestling teammates, kicking and screaming to Chi Alpha events, um, tricking some of them at times. Um, He shared his testimony, and I think 15 to 20 of his his. His wrestling teammates um, came to our service to hear him share that story. And so um, the story of Jack, it's, it's a great story. I love the story just because it shows what God did through, through Chi Alpha, through just loving students. And that's really what we do is, is our job is just to love students. And so I wish that Jack's story was, um, I, I really do wish that that was the only story I really had where it was that dramatic. But in reality, if, if you guys remember from the last time I was here, I, I've shared a different story about somebody who was planning on taking their own life and got involved in Kyle because they gave it one more shot. One of those students I want to share, is, his name is Xander. Uh, Xander, um, I'll keep his story a little bit shorter, but it was the same thing. He came in and he basically said, God, you get one more shot, and if you don't show up at Chi Alpha, like, I, it's done. I'm taking my life. And God met him. God met him where he was at, and he radically gave his life to Christ. He eventually became a small group leader, and then he eventually married a a young lady who was named Courtney, who's from just down the the I-80 stretch from you guys, who she came into Chi Alpha as an already existing Christian, a solid student, immediately plugged in with Courtney, got discipled, grew into her faith, grew into her faith as a leader, and she was just a solid leader for us. And Xander gave his life to Christ, and eventually he would become a small group leader. And when we have a couple small group leaders, it becomes real easy for them to start noticing each other because they spend a lot of time with each other. That's kind of a part of our plan is getting leaders to marry leaders. And so we start giving little hints, and I'm like, Xander, what do you think about Courtney? And uh, eventually he's like, you know what, I'm noticing Courtney now. And so Xander and Courtney got married, and uh, they moved away from Shadron. And Xander is now working on getting his credentials to become a pastor. Courtney is a high school math teacher. And so um, the, the process of what we do is our, our goal is to raise up leaders and to raise up solid students so that when they graduate, they go back to communities uh, just like this. And they live down, the, I guess, the other way now. They live in... Uh, um, Hastings. And so they are solid contributing members of the church there, and they are awesome people. But through the secular college at Shatter State College, um, most of our students are they're getting degrees in jobs where they're going to come back to the community, a lot of times where they grew up or near where they grew up. 
And our goal is to have them as, as being solid leaders within their church, but they're more than that because, as I talked about Courtney, she's a teacher. So how powerful is it having teachers who are, are leaders in the church as well as being teachers at the high school level? And we have another student who's a, a sheriff's deputy that graduated, and same kind of story. He got married to a girl he met in Chi Alpha, and, and uh, now he is a sheriff's deputy. And so having these students go back to their communities and being the, the, the pillars of your community, but being Christian and praying for your community, I think is a really powerful thing. So that's really what we do, is we, we try to love students and, and bring them up in, into leadership and teach them how to make disciples so that when they go back to the communities, they're already going to be looked up to because they're teachers, because they're sheriffs, um, because they're doctors, because they're lawyers. Um, the, those are the majors at Shadron, and so they're already looked up to. And so how much more powerful can it be if they, they uh, are faithful servants for Christ? And so um, the last story I want to tell you is uh, kind of going into the international side of our ministry. Um, this is a story of a young lady named Princess. Princess was an international student from Nigeria. And uh, she started college at Shadron State College at 15, at 15 years old. And so could you imagine sending your kids to another country uh, at 15 years old in order to go to college completely on their own? And that's where she was. She was in Shadron. And so she was a smart kid, and she immediately got plugged into Chi Alpha. Princess was, she was solid. And she had great parents who, who led her up the right way, and she was already a servant for Christ, but she grew so much when she was at Shiner State College because she was 15 when she started. You're going to grow up a little bit. But she immediately got plugged into Chi Alpha. And uh, our motto at, at Shiner State Chi Alpha is nothing crazy, but it's making disciples who make disciples. The legacy that Princess left, so right off the bat, she got plugged in with Courtney. She got discipled. She got involved with one-on-ones with Courtney and grocery trips with Courtney and all, all of the, the above. And uh, she took her faith intentionally. And so um, the, the powerful thing about Princess is not even just necessarily what she did while she was a student, but the legacy that she has left behind. And so um, the first disciple that Princess made was a young lady named Isi, who was also from Nigeria. So Isi made a disciple who was named Shioma, was her cousin, right? Um, who was also from Nigeria. Shioma made a disciple who was named Manu from the D Democratic Republic of Congo. Manu made a disciple named Ella, who was from Ghana. And now Ella is making a disciple of the little sister of Isi, who is again from Nigeria. And so you can go to the next. The, so we have uh, in the top right picture, we have Shioma's on the far left. Um, and then we have E.C. is holding my crutches. Uh, and then we have Ella right next to her. And then down here on this one on the top left, um, that's, we call her Danny. Um, but uh, that's not her real name. But we call her Danny. And so Danny doesn't know Princess. She's seven years removed from Princess. But all of our international students, all of our current international students have heard of Princess. They've never met her. They have no clue who she is, but they all know her 
because of the discipleship and the legacy that Princess has left. And so a lot of times we'll ask questions with, hey, have you ever met Princess? And they're like, no, but I know who she is. I've heard about her. People keep talking about her. It's because of the legacy that she left. She was intentional with her faith while she was at Shatner State College, and she was intentional at making disciples. And that intentionality has continued on with the, the students that come after her. And so we still have students who get involved intentionally with Chi Alpha because of Princess, even though Princess has nothing to do with it anymore. And she's in, uh, you know, continuing her doctorate's program in, uh, in Georgia in chemistry, sorry. Um, and so, like, just that legacy is so powerful. And, and that's really what we do. We love our international students. And so um, it's crazy to think that we can get so many international students in Shattern, we can literally impact the world just in Shattern. If you've ever been to Shattern, it's not a big town. Um, it is beautiful country. You know, there's trees out where we live. Um, and so... Uh, um, but we get students from all over the place. And so I've, I've attempted to compile a list of students. And these aren't just international students who come to Shatter. And these are specifically students who Courtney and I have had the opportunity to minister to. So students who have, have been involved in Chi Alpha in some way or another. And so I've, I've tried to compile a decent list. And I know I've missed some. But we've had the opportunity to minister to students from Nigeria, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Nepal, Ghana, Morocco, Pakistan, Israel, Mexico, Jamaica, Ukraine, Polynesian Islands, China, Japan, Thailand, Brazil, Burma, Russia, Sri Lanka, Vietnam, India, Ghana, South Africa, Benin, Ethiopia, Russia, Serbia, and I, I feel like there's an Australia in there somewhere. And so... These countries are sending a lot of times their best and their brightest to come over to America, especially with our students from Nigeria. A lot of times um, their entire families will, will collect money to send them over to America. And so these are the best and the brightest that the world has to offer coming to learn in America. You know, it was, Courtney was talking about one of our current students who, I, like, I understand biology a little bit, and the things that she's doing currently as a sophomore, a junior, it blows my mind. And she's already working on, you know, the next level of I'm going to get my master's here and I'm going to get my doctorates here. And, and we have current students, man, I can't even tell you how many current students we have who are still in America somewhere else getting their doctorates degrees from other countries. And so these are opportunities to share the gospel with people who a lot of times if you listen to the list, there's countries on there that are sensitive. There are countries that are very hard to get missionaries into, let alone share the gospel with. And so um, these students come over to America and we have the legal right, we have the freedom to share the gospel with them. And a lot of times, especially the students who come from sensitive countries, um, they, they actually, a lot of them, especially ones from the Middle East, they want to experience the American church, but it is against their religion to step foot in a church. And so we meet on the college campus, and so it's, it's a weird loophole where they can come to an American church service, basically, through Chi Alpha, attend church, get to experience what the American Jesus is all about, experience God, and then walk away changed. We literally have students who are from closed countries, sensitive countries, who stepped foot into a Chi Alpha service, felt God's presence for the first time in their life, and absolutely wrecked them and changed their lives. 
Um, some students who went back home and decided, you know what, I'm going to really check out my Muslim face. I'm really going to check this out. I'm really going to dive into this. And then it's just, it's dead. And then they come back to, okay, but I had a real experience with Jesus when I was in America. And so it's just an awesome opportunity for us to, to get to impact the world at Shiner State College and, and have students like Princess who make a difference. And we got to know her and, and love her. And, and now she, she still, we stay in touch with her. And um, she can't wait to meet Bennett. And she's already trying to make plans to come back and, and get a chance to meet uh, Bennett and already calls herself Auntie to Bennett. And so these guys, as much as, uh, as we impact their lives, they impact ours as well. Um, the amount of students that we have, the college students that absolutely love our son to death, and, and he gets to grow up, and it's a privilege that he gets to grow up next to some of these uh, brilliant, brilliant students who love Jesus. And so um, as much as it is an awesome opportunity for us to share, it's an awesome opportunity for us to be loved at times too. And so the last story that I want to share with you um, about students in particular is, uh, I'm just going to, I changed his name to Kent. Um, Kent was a lot like Jack. Uh, Jack, the story of the, the guy with the mullet and the handlebar mustache, in case you forgot. Um, Kent was a lot like him. Loud personality. Uh, personality matched his aura, wrestler, uh, collegiate athlete. And uh, honestly, Kent could have been Jack's twin brother in everything other than appearance. They were the same person. Like, they... Every time even just sitting with them and talking to them, it blew my mind how similar they were. And Kent came to a Chi Alpha service, but he really just didn't want to change his life. He was enjoying the college experience too much, so to say. And by the end of their freshman year, Kent had completely walked away, didn't, didn't give Jesus a chance. Um, he had gotten in trouble with the law, had gone to jail over uh, drug issues, um, lost his scholarship, dream, dreams of wrestling at the college level completely shattered. And the reason I want to share this story about Kent is because um, there was one day I was playing disc golf with Jack, and Jack turns to me and he says, you know how I really truly know that Jesus is real? I was like, what's that, Jack? And he said, because even if I hadn't taken my own life, I know that without Jesus I would have been sitting in the jail cell right next to Kent. And the reason I know Jesus is real is because I'm standing here next to you playing disc golf, happier than I've ever been, more at peace than I've ever been in my life, with more joy in my heart than I've ever experienced, and I'm truly loving my life. And if it hadn't been for Jesus, I'd be in a jail cell right now. The life changed is the proof of Jesus. The, the experience in our hearts, the experience in our minds, the the change in our minds is, is the proof that Jesus is really real. And to, to kind of give a follow-up of Kent, he's out of jail. And uh, because of the impact that Jesus had on Jack's life, uh, Kent is now actually searching after Christ. He's reached out to me. He's wanting to know if there's Chi Alphas near where he lives right now, where he's wanting to go to college, and uh, asking me what Bible translations are best and and uh, asking me to get, get him plugged into a church like Chi Alpha. And so the impact of Jesus on Jack's life, just Jack didn't even have to say a word. All he had to do was just love Jesus. And his experience was proof enough for Kent that what Jack went through was really real. 
And so now Kent is searching after Christ. And so that's kind of the, the reason I like to tell that story is just because it's kind of a dramatic difference. It's, it's a stark contrast. And really, that's what our job is. Our job is to find the Jacks, find the Kents, find those students, and, and to, to love them and to show them Christ and to point them to Christ. And so it is because of the sheer battle that our college students go through on the college campus that our number one goal, honestly, right out the gate, we set down, especially with our college students who come from healthy churches just like this, who come to college at Shadron and get plugged in Chi Alpha, they came from an AG church, whatever, it doesn't matter, but they're just solid believers in Christ, our very first thing we try to do is get them as uncomfortable as possible in their faith. Because the more uncomfortable we can make them, the, the better utilized they are for the kingdom. Comfortable faith is a dead faith. And so right off the bat, at the college campus, if you want to go to college and just be comfortable in your faith, college is just going to eat you up. It's going to chew you up and spit you out. But if you can get uncomfortable with your faith, man, you can truly make a difference. And recently there's been some studies, and this is kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail, but um, there's actually been some studies, and, and this has been something we've been doing since day one, getting students uncomfortable with their faith, but they've actually been showing that um, the more that you do things that you don't want to do, um, the, there's a part of your brain that actually grows. So like going to the weight room and, and working out or the, the ice bath thing and stuff like that, really what it's doing is it's growing a part of your brain that actually helps you to live longer and to be happier and to struggle with depression and anxiety less. And so, um, so even science is starting to recognize the importance of us getting uncomfortable. And so uh, we try to get our students uncomfortable in their faith. But that's the problem, especially in an American church. It's so easy to get comfortable in our faith. It's so easy to go to church on a Sunday, go to, to, to Bible school or Bible uh, Sunday school or whatever in the morning, to, to go to a small group, a Bible study on Wednesday, to um, you know, go to the not-so-young adult group on Saturday night. Um, you can get plugged into those things, and it becomes really easy to get comfortable in that. And initially, maybe you did something to get out of your comfort zone to even attend church in the first place. But um, ultimately, when you get into those programs and you get involved in them, it becomes really easy to get comfortable in them. And, and I think really when I think about that, the things where it comes to loving God, I think as American Christians, it's really easy for us to do. The aspect of our faith to love God, to show up at church on a Sunday morning, to, to even read our Bible and to pray and to go to Bible study and, and learn more about God, loving God comes easy for us at times. It becomes natural for us. And for the American church, I think it's important for us to get uncomfortable in our faith and recognize the other part of that equation is loving people. You can't just come to church on a Sunday morning and, and do what God has called you to do to love your neighbor. And you can love your neighbor while you're here, but really it's bigger than that. And so what's gone on is all across this nation, and, and we even have seen it in Chi Alpha at times with our students, um, we get so infatuated with programs and with you know, tracks and with 10-step programs in order to fix problems we have that we completely lose sight of the loving people part of our faith. And so we get comfortable in that aspect of coming to church, going to Sunday school, whatever it is, and that obligation to go to church and, and um, the, 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 necess the necessity to go to church. 
it's so important. It is a big deal, and we do push it because it is important that you're here. It is important that you love God. It is important that you learn more about the gospel and learn um, the bigger details about your faith. But it's also just as important for you to love the person across the, the street from you, your next-door neighbor, the person who works next to you. And so that's kind of what I want to share with you guys today is kind of addressing that sp uh, specific thought process. And so I want to challenge you guys here today to get uncomfortable in your faith this week, to get uncomfortable in your faith the rest of this, this school semester, whatever it is, uh, the, the next year, the rest of 2024, get uncomfortable in your faith. And so uh, Matthew 28, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, okay? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. A lot of people view this as the greatest promise in Scripture, the biggest deal, because it's so important that Jesus is with us, that they view this as one of the greatest promises, if not the greatest promise in the Bible. And, and I have a problem with viewing that as a promise, because it's not a promise. It's a statement. Jesus is stating I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's not a promise. A lot of times we view promises as this thing that's possible to be broken. And when Jesus is saying this, it's not, I promise to be with you always, even to the end of the age. He is saying, I am with you, even to the end of the age. And so it's not a promise, it's a statement. And when Jesus says, states something, when God states something, we can take it as a matter of fact. It is true. So Jesus is with you right now. He is with me right now. He is with us because he made this statement and he cannot break something. He cannot lie. God cannot lie to us. He doesn't lie to us. So he says, I am with you even to, this, uh, even to the end of the age. No conditions. No, as Satan tempts Jesus, no, if you will bow down to me then. None of that. There's no precursor. There's no, you screwed up too much today, so I'm leaving you. There's no... You're not smart enough for this, so I'm, I'm leaving you. Whatever we have done, whatever we have told ourselves to disqualify ourselves to loving others, Jesus is saying, no, dude, I am with you always. It doesn't matter what you're telling yourself. It doesn't matter what lie or what, what thing you've screwed up in. It doesn't matter what shortcoming you have. Jesus is still with you. He states it right here, that I am with you. He's not saying that, oh, worship, man, if worship is on point, then I will show up. And sometimes we get that way, especially in some of the God churches. If we don't feel God's presence, then worship wasn't anointed. If the sermon went a little too long or the speaker screwed up too many times, or man, it just didn't hit me that way, it must not have been anointed. Jesus must not have been there. We rely so much on our feelings to tell us when God is or isn't involved. But the problem with that is, in America especially, that our feelings have become our gods. This right here. Pull up my phone. Pull up some videos. And I'm just going to scroll because I feel like it. That need to satisfy that feeling, it lies to us a lot. This morning I was grumpy. I was upset because I woke up to my son smacking me in the face. <laughs> because Courtney got up, we were in the hotel room, and dada, smack. I was a little grumpy. 
But man, if you knew the, the blessing and, and the fight and the miracle that our son is to us, man, I love getting woken up by my son smacking me in the face. But in that moment, I was feeling grumpy. Now, don't get me started when uh, you're feeling hangry. Those of you guys, guys in here, you know, when your wife gets real hangry, you know, when you're so hungry, you get angry. Don't look at them right now. Like, we know who they are. When your wife gets hangry and she just needs to eat something, and for some reason, man, your beard is a little crooked, and it's uncomfortable for a minute. Like, all I have to do right now is, is mention tacos and just, man, think about tacos for a second. They're, tacos are amazing. <laughs> but I mentioned tacos, and all of a sudden, now you're feeling a little bit hungry, and now all of a sudden, oh, that missionary's preaching too long. <laughs> that anointing left the minute I mentioned food. <laughs> man, our feelings lie to us all the time. Our feelings are not a valid indicator of reality because Jesus is telling us in simple words, he's with us. His plans didn't change because you were hungry. His plans didn't fly out the window the moment the remote control goes missing and you begin to berate somebody and you lose all trust in them. You know what I'm talking about. Have you seen the remote? No. Did you look under yourself? No. Get up, let me look. <laughs> but a lot of times when we're going through the hardest moments of our life, man, when we're going through, whether it's struggling with depression, anxiety, whether it's loss of a loved one, whether it's um, something else, when we're going through the hardest moments those are the moments where most often, for me, in my experiences in life, the hardest time of my life are the moments where God feels the most distant. Why, during my hardship, does God feel so distant? And that is because I'm relying on my feelings to tell me when God is close to me. Maybe you woke up this morning, and maybe you're in church today, and you should, Man, God just doesn't feel close to me, Tanner. I get it. I've been there. I've been there more often than you probably would think a pastor would be there, or where God just feels distant. But that's the thing I want to challenge you to, is to get past the feeling of knowing God is with you and walk into knowing that God is with you, knowing that Jesus is with you, taking him at his word, taking him at his statement of fact and recognizing it as truth and knowing that Jesus is with you. 1 Peter 1, 6 says, In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. First thing, in all this, you greatly rejoice. If we view our hardships as, as opportunities for us to learn more about our faith, learn more about ourselves in the process of adversity, and to keep Christ number one, 
We can make it through a wilderness season. We can make it through a hardship. We can make it through the, the, the hard times of life closer to God than we walked into it. Every time that I've experienced hardship from losing my mom and dad to um, as simple as tearing my patellar tendon and not being able to walk for three months, each one of those seasons had different aspects to it that were challenging, but keeping Christ number one, I can look at those moments and I can say that once I came out of that season, that wilderness season, that, that season where God felt so distant, I, if I kept God number one in my life and I intentionally sought after him, those are the moments where I grew the most in my faith. And so the moments where God feels the most distant oftentimes is when we are actually growing the most in our faith if we are intentional. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Paul wrote that from prison. And not like American prison, like rough prison. He also wrote that from prison because he was sharing the gospel and got thrown into prison for sharing the gospel. He was doing something for God. He's thrown in prison and he's still telling us to rejoice. So how much more so when we go to church or we experience something of Christ and God doesn't feel distant or God feels distant, how easily do we go, well, man, I'm doing all this for you, God. I'm going to church. I'm going to Bible study. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and God, you still feel distant. Now, if the, this sermon felt uncomfortable before, here's where it gets real uncomfortable. One of the most important things that you can do on this earth as a Christian. I would, in fact, I would actually say it is your job as a Christian is to love your neighbor. Is to share the gospel. Yes, it's Pastor Rex's job too. It's both literally his job, both when he's on the clock and when he's off the clock. But it's not only his job to share the gospel to Lexington. How do I know that? Because Jesus says that he is with you. Jesus is with you just as much as he is Pastor Rex. Jesus didn't give more of his presence to Pastor Rex. Pastor Rex gets the same portion you do. And so how do we do it? For me and Chi Alpha, number one thing, honestly, one of the easiest ways, I've shared it a few different times, is inviting students out to grab some tacos. People like tacos. Sometimes with some of our kids, it's video games. College students like video games. Sometimes it's disc golf. Sometimes it's going to the weight room. That is how we make disciples. That is how we share our faith. Is It's not in this room. It's in how we love our neighbor outside of this room. In here is how you get closer to God. In here is how you love God. The stories that I shared earlier, uh, Jack, part of the way I got to know him the best is grabbing tacos. Xander, part of the reason, I, one of the easiest ways I got to know him was 
literally grabbing tacos. I've, I had a student that I discipled over uh, uh, Rocket League. I don't like that game. It was a horrible game. But, like, my student loved it. And so every week I would meet with him and share with him and talk to him for an hour about things about his life, help him process through college over Rocket League. Because when it comes down to it, Lexington is, is packed full of people. And I would bet that 10,000 of them who live in the vicinity of Lexington would never step foot in a church. But they might come to your house for tacos. And if you can't cook, you've got tons of Mexican restaurants that are phenomenal here. They wouldn't step foot, they wouldn't dare to step foot in a church. Our college students, the ones that get saved, that radically get saved, most of them would never step foot if it was the very first thing they did, wouldn't step foot even in a Chi Alpha service. But it is so easy to get them to go out to grab lunch with me or to go grab coffee with me. That's the blueprint to loving your neighbor and to sharing your faith is in the simple everyday life things. You're going to have to eat dinner. They're going to have to eat dinner. Do it together. Love them. And then as you love them, you can invite them to church. As you love them, you can share with them how you love God. You can share with them the, the impact that God has had in your life. You can share your story and your testimony through just living life with them and through those stories because you don't know what they're going through and you don't know how it's going to connect, but Jesus is with you. And so part of the big process, and a lot of times, here's where this all comes, comes to, to fruition, is a lot of times we count ourselves out of making disciples. We count ourselves out of loving our neighbor. We count ourselves out of leading and doing things out of our comfort zone when it comes to our faith because we count ourselves out. Well, I'm not really equipped for that. I don't know the Bible well enough to do that. And this is why it is so important that we move past our feelings because you feel like you're not equipped, but Jesus is with you. You are equipped to love your neighbor. You are equipped to make disciples, not because you are intelligent, not because you are some magician who has the entire Bible memorized, but no, because Jesus is with you. You are equipped because you know that God is with you, and so you can't count yourself out. And so really all you have to do is just get out of the way and allow God And so that's what we do in Chi Alpha. We try our best to get out of the way and just love students. Love them how they want to be reached. Love them in ways that are comfortable for them, but maybe uncomfortable for us. And then eventually those things might become comfortable for us. And so um, the last thing I want to say is uh, I want to thank you guys this church, Pastor Rex. Um, you guys have been longtime supporters of what we do. And not only that, um, anytime there's an issue, man, we just recently transitioned from district appointed to nationally appointed missionary status. And so our account had to change. And so even just getting a hold of your church to transition 
the, the way that you guys give was an easy process. You guys are good at loving uh, your missionaries. And so I want to thank you guys for that because that is a big deal for us on the missions field to have churches like you that we know are praying for us and we know are, are giving to us and we know that are faithful. And so as, as I leave and I, and I close out, I just want to say thank you guys so much again for your guys' support for us over the years. It really does make a difference. And you guys, through supporting us, really do make a difference at the Shatter State College um, campus. And so your guys' investment into this church and into the kingdom goes a long ways. And so thank you guys.